A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tell me what it felt like when you graduated, when you left the program. So feels really good that you're done with it for like one day. It feels awesome. And then you're like, okay, I'm not in school anymore. But now I'm just, I'm just an unemployed loser. <laughs> Last year, New Yorker Anthony Rondinone decided he would become a computer programmer. He enrolled in a months-long boot camp with an organization called App Academy, which is one among a growing list of professional coding schools. Now, this wasn't the first career change for Anthony, who's just 34 years old. He's already spent time as a recruiter and a buyer for the department store chain Lord & Taylor. I worked in men's suits, I worked in men's contemporary, and I worked in men's updated classics. What is an updated classic? It's like golf. It's like old men stuff. Yeah. Okay. So anything that basically that we found boring, we would buy. And it did really well. Argyle sweaters and very basic, yeah, sweater vests. Yeah. I didn't know sweater vests were still selling. Anthony also moonlights as an artist. He paints and draws, selling some of his work on Instagram. He's also in a local band that goes by the name of Jolly. And in the absence of becoming famous through his music or his art... He started out on his latest venture about nine months ago when he became a software developer at a digital marketing company called Persado. I'm so happy to like learn and I'm really grateful that I have this job and just like, yeah, it's like a whole, it's like a whole new Anthony. So yeah. All right. Yeah. This is the Career Changers podcast from the Financial Times and I'm Amy Keene. This week's podcast will explore the growing trend of coding boot camps and how these programs are equipping people of all ages and skills for a new world of work. We'll hear from the co-founder of App Academy and ask what the future holds for computer science and software engineering jobs. Tell me what it felt like when you graduated, when you left the program. So, to be honest... So when you like finish the program, or it's not really graduating, but when you're when you're done with the program, it feels really good that you're done with it for that for like one day. It feels awesome, and then you're like, okay, I'm not in school anymore. Now I have to find. Now I'm just unemployed. You know, like at least for three months, I got to tell people like, yeah, I'm in school, whatever, uh, and I'm doing this thing. But now I'm just I'm just an unemployed loser. <laughs> that was kind of scary because now you know. Especially that I was a little older. I don't know if that, that good or not. Some people thought it was good because I had like different experiences. But yeah, it was pretty scary and it was really hard because it's a new industry that, you know, most of us were going into. A lot of us didn't have like development in our background or programming in our background. So yeah, it's, it is kind of tough to break into. What was it like trying to find a job? So I think after I finished, I was unemployed for two and a half months which isn't that long. And looking back, like it's not that long at all to be looking for a job. I know people who've looked for jobs for, you know, six months or or a year or something. 
So looking back, it's not that bad, but being unemployed for two and a half months, and I've always like either had a job or have had a way to make money or something, it was pretty, it was pretty difficult. So what was the process like getting the job at Perception? So App Academy makes you like part of their job search curriculum and part of their like uh, the agreement that you have with them is to apply to, I think it was 40 jobs a week. Yeah, so I spoke to somebody else who went through a different program who was looking for a job for three months, and they just reached out to me, and they were like, you know, you have a job, what did you do? And they were like, how many jobs did you apply to? And I think I was telling them in three months I applied to like 500 and something jobs or something ridiculous like that, and he was like, oh, I'm applying to like three or four jobs a week. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it's all just numbers, like... You know, if you apply at 100 jobs and you get five calls, you might get three interviews and hopefully one of them, you know, you'll get. But yeah, just applying to a ton of jobs, preparing a lot because the interview process for this is very different than any other interview process I've been on. You have to like you have to whiteboard uh, code in front of in front of the people who you're interviewing with a lot of times or you sit down with the computer and code or you look through code that you've written and explain it to them. So it's a pretty rigorous like interview process. So there's a lot of prep for that. So during those two and a half months, um, that's basically all I was doing was just practicing whiteboarding with finishing a course like this is really good. Cause we were working together. You know, there was like a little group of us that would just whiteboard together and, and prepare for interviews together. Um, so that helped a lot, but yeah, that's what I was doing for two and a half months, just applying to a ton of jobs, uh, getting my like portfolio together and, and just making that as nice as possible. And then just practicing whiteboarding and coding to get ready for interviews. Do you remember the day or where you were when you got the call that you got the offer from? Oh, yeah, I was freaking out. It was the greatest thing ever. I was freaking out because before that, uh, I had two sort of I had two interviews at two different companies that I thought like it's definite. I have this like I was being told by people who worked there that like, yeah, everybody loved you. They haven't seen anybody else that they liked as much. So I was just like, awesome. I got this. And then when I interviewed for Prasado, uh, when I got that interview, I was just like, I'm de- I definitely don't have this. It was like a few days before Christmas. I was like, I'll just continue looking after the new year and like whatever. Um, and I went in and I felt like it went really good, but I was already hesitant because that already happened two other times. Uh, and then the next day, I think the VP called me and he was just like, we want to have you in for lunch Uh this week before Christmas. And I was like, awesome. And I knew that meant like I had it. And it was just the greatest thing ever to get that call right before Christmas. Cause otherwise my holidays would have been miserable. Cause I would have been jobless. And yeah, it was just incredible to like know that after the new year, I'm, I'm going to have a job. Like I, I set, you know, I went to lunch the next day with him and like set my start date and it was just the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, pretty good peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. For, before sort of a little bit of a holiday. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned that you basically sort of been whether it's like a side hustle or a full time gig, you were always working hard to, you know, to to make money. Yeah. But you went almost about six months essentially out of some <clears throat> version of the workforce. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, I mean, it was cool not to work. Although going through App Academy was way harder than most of the jobs that I've ever had. Um. I mean, it took a lot of preparation to be able to do that, which, you know, it's just funny because like things in your background kind of get you ready for certain opportunities. So like because I had been in a band, I was always really good at saving money because I never knew where my next paycheck was coming from. So anytime I was, uh, you know, we would tour 
and I would just like squirrel away as much money as possible. When I was home and I was working, like I wasn't going out, I wasn't buying stuff because like any penny I had was just basically, you know, if we don't get a tour or if I'm not making money somehow, then I'm living on the street. So like I wasn't going out, I wasn't spending money on clothes or anything. Like I'm not a flashy person to begin with, so that's that works in my favor. But yeah, I basically just like learned how to save everywhere possible. Uh, and if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have had the money to be able to sustain any kind of lifestyle for six months to make this change, which is cool because, you know, now my whole life is different because I kind of set myself up for that because of my, my background, I guess. Uh, if I didn't have that, I'd, I'd probably still either be working my other job because this opportunity wouldn't be available to me or I'd have to like move in with my parents or something. I don't know how that works. Like I, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> sounds like you made the right decision. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. One of the appealing parts of this of app Academy is though that you don't pay the tuition, but it gets taken off of your salary once you get a job. Is that? Yeah, it was basically a percentage based off of the salary that you get. And then you, yeah, you don't start paying them anything until, until you get a job. It would explain why they're so eager to have you applying for 40 or 50 jobs a week. Yeah, I mean, they want you to have a job, but it's also incentive for you to get the best job possible. I gladly they could have that money because like I'm making more money now and my life is better. So yeah, I mean. Was it a formal contract that you had to sign? Yeah. 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 It was a giant contract and it just, you know, it said things like the, the whole, you know, if you miss a certain amount of days, they were really strict on that because basically if you're missing a lot of days, you're falling behind. If you, that's why they have that, you know, if you fail to, uh, to test, you, you get kicked out. You, you don't owe anything, you know, but now you get kicked out because if you're failing two tests in a row or whatever the, the thing was, or if you're missing days, you're just falling farther and farther behind. So you're less likely to get a job and like you're less likely to succeed, I guess. So. Was there anything that you learned during the course that I guess kind of changed the way that you thought about this work? So at, at App Academy in the end, you have to clone a site. That's your like final project. So I cloned Instagram and that was really when I learned like just to like something and have a heart turn from white to red and like what that means. I, it was crazy to, to see that, you know, how it's like it saves in the database, it comes back and then instead of rendering a white heart, it renders a red heart and like, yeah, how does that persist? So the next time you come on, it still knows that you like it. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. So you're saying we should all appreciate the power of the heart button on Instagram. Much yeah, more than definitely can. appreciate the heart button on Instagram. Uh, but everything like just to cancel something, that's another button that fires another function. And yeah, every little thing is like very intentional and there's a lot that goes behind it that, that you don't realize. But how has having this job at Persado being a developer, how has it changed your lifestyle? The people that I work with now are just more similar to me. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's it's people that like I, I like working with them more. Um, I'm, I always feel like I'm using my brain where I didn't before, you know, especially in, in recruitment. Uh, and no offense to recruiters. I, I think it was a cool job. It was a fun job. I like met a lot of people and stuff. But for me personally, it just wasn't fulfilling. Uh, and now I'm just being challenged every single day, which is, it's, it's really good to like, feel like my brain is active every day and like, I'm always learning and I'm always doing something. Yeah. So for the most part, that's it. I'm making some more money, which is cool. Yeah. Just, I guess, yeah. Feeling like, um, 
I'm building something. I have ownership over this thing. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just always learning now and always being challenged, you know, cause there's a lot of times that programming can get frustrating sometimes cause you could have an extra comma somewhere or whatever, and things are just breaking and it's so frustrating. Uh, but then it's just a really cool feeling when you do something and then it just works and it like, it comes together, you know, it's a really satisfying feeling. Yeah. You can sort of see the benefit of your, all of your hours. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's tangible. So like, you know, if we need a new feature or a new tab that does a specific thing, you know, three weeks ago, that thing didn't exist. And now there's one of our clients who's just using it every day and it's something that they wanted that'll help them do what they need to do. So it's cool for me to build something and then, you know, you see it in production. You know, I could leave work and be on the train ride home or whatever. I could be laying down and just be like, oh, that's what I could do. Okay. And then, you know, you get like these little epiphanies sometimes, which is which is also a lot of fun, which I never really used to get before working anywhere else. Uh, the only time I've had that is with music or with something creative where it was like, oh, okay, that might be cool. Let me try that. And then you're kind of excited to go into work or like, you know, you'll just take your laptop out while you're sitting on the couch and try something and it works. And that's really fun. That's, yeah. yeah. So a lot of the jobs that you had beforehand were people facing, whether it be in buying, yeah, yeah, pretty much recruiting. <clears throat> um, I guess two questions: Are you surprised at all about how fulfilling developer work is for you? And also, how how is that different? How are you sort of how do you feel about you know sort of working so closely with your computer day to day versus? Yeah, another person. Yeah, I guess that is strange because buying is very people facing and so is recruiting and so is being in a band. Uh, But I am a little surprised on like how much I'm liking it. I guess the people thing maybe comes into play when like now, like I, I guess I, I interact with my coworkers. You're working together in a different way. You know, you're kind of working together through this language you know, so like I can do something and then ask somebody who worked on something that relates to what I'm working on, like how they did it and like talk, talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, it is strange that most of my other jobs are more people facing in this. I'm just working with my, yeah, it's more like solitary, I guess. But it seems like you enjoy it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I like it. How does your, like, what does your family think of what you've done? They think it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, surprisingly, my mom, who I who always like, would be more the conservative one. Uh, she was really into me. Like when I told her I was going to quit my job and like do the band thing, she was like, "Yeah, do it if that's what you want to do." Which I'm surprised. She's like an old Italian woman from the Bronx. She was like, "Yeah, go ahead, do it." So I'm really surprised that that she was into that. And then I told her I was doing this, and she was like, "Yeah, if that's what you like, you know, you definitely should do it." If she was like, "I think you'd be good at it," and whatever. Uh, yeah, my dad was into it. I mean, he bust my chops about it because he was like, "You're a programmer now. How does that how does that work?" Uh, but yeah, now now I talked to him about it. And he used to do a little bit of coding actually when when he was younger. So um, yeah, he thinks it's cool too. So they like it. And do you have any advice for people who might be listening and you know considering enrolling in a coding boot camp and making that change? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a lot of. I guess it's a few things. It's figuring out what you like, which is the first thing. Figuring out like, and not, don't even be very specific. Just figure out what you like. Do you like analytics? Do you like creativity? And then kind of redefine what creativity is. Because like, like I said before, it's not just 
playing music in front of people or just painting. It could be a lot of different things. And I think, especially now that I'm not like just out of college or something, I think I found I'm able to appreciate more things than I was before. And again, the creativity thing, not just being, you know, being a rock star isn't the only creative thing there is. Um, so just like really thinking about what you like, thinking about your past experiences, what you've liked from certain jobs, what you didn't like, and then kind of being honest with yourself, I think is the biggest thing. So when I first started thinking about this, I was like, well, I like art. I'm cool. Maybe I'll go into graphic design. So yeah, when you really start to think about it, I didn't go to school for graphic design. I'm not going through some course for graphic design. It's a really competitive field. I don't have what it takes to be in graphic design because I haven't been doing it my whole life. So if I apply to a job with the background that I have, I'm probably not getting a graphic design job, right? Uh, luckily, you know, coding was something that I was interested in and there's a boot camp for it. So that worked, that, that's one of the reasons why, that's, uh, why, why it's such a great course because like you can have a background that's completely, you know, not related to, to programming or the development world and after you know a few months get into it um but yeah just be honest with yourself do some research on what's available to you there are a ton of courses like this that you can take i'm sure for a lot of different things and learning now is really easy so that's cool you know go on youtube for a couple hours that's how i learned a lot of stuff you know so like if you really want to make a change and you really want to do something uh there's a ton of resources out there to find out with your skills or with what you like, what you might be good at. And like, you know, if you're really interested in something, just learn about it. It's not, you know, it's not that difficult anymore. I'm so happy to like learn and I'm really grateful that I have this job and just like, yeah, it's like a whole, it's like a whole new Anthony. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, thanks for your time, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you for your time. called up Kush Patel. He's the founder and chief executive of App Academy, where Anthony learned to code. What is App Academy for anyone who might not know? Sure. So we are a 12-week in-person coding school. So we take people from really no experience to entry-level software engineer in a very intense, immersive um, course that's in-person in San Francisco and New York and uh, shortly moving online. Uh, App Academy originally we started really to break down break down barriers that exist to to education. So so one of the things that that really set us apart from the beginning uh, that we continue to this day is our tuition model. So we don't charge until a student finds a job, and in that case we charge a percentage of their starting salary. So it, it not only defers that payment until later, which helps a lot of folks. You know, gain the gain the ability to take the class, but then it also aligns our our success with theirs. So, um, by 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 directly tying the tuition amount they owe to the salary that they're earning. So this online class is kind of the next step towards that by by lowering the barrier of requiring folks to live in San Francisco or New York, which, uh, as we all know, are very expensive locations um, to be in. That's really interesting because I can imagine there's a sort of a, a totally different cohort of people who might find this program really, really beneficial for their skills. Um, and like you say, but just not not residing in those two big coastal cities. And what is the range for uh, an incoming student or, or I guess an outgoing student rather once they've gotten a job? 
Sure. Yeah. So, so the tuition is 28% of the first year salary, but it's capped at 28,000. So if you earn more than 100,000, then it's capped at 28,000. But if you earn less, uh, which usually the salaries that we're seeing around um, 90, 95,000, um, kind of averaging between San Francisco and New York, um, if you earn less, you pay less. So uh, the the average yeah is 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 actually pretty close to that twenty eight thousand mark and we see that as a sign of sign of success um, you know the the better our students do the better we do so um, we're actually happier to see that tuition number go up and I think students are as well uh, which is kind of a funny situation which uh, you know totally kind of opposite to the traditional uh, education how would you describe the typical App Academy student mm-hmm. sure so. Uh, I would say so. A fair fraction of folks are um, career switchers. So these are folks that, you know, ranging in age from anywhere from, you know, 22 just graduated college to, um, you know, maybe 40 plus, right? So anywhere in that in that range, um, we do see a lot more folks in that range versus um, kind of younger adults. Uh, and these folks often um, have a degree in 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 you know, something non-computer science related. So uh, whether it's math or, or English, right? Uh, but they but they have problem-solving um, skills, right? And they have communication ability. These are the things that we look for in the in the admissions process. And and we basically take those and give them the job skills that they that they need to to kind of connect to the labor market. But um, yeah, so so these folks are coming from all over. It uh, we we pull from a very national kind of uh, audience, even even um, internationally as well. And um, these yeah these folks are coming from all different kinds of fields. We have you know in in one class uh, it wouldn't be surprising to have a former hedge fund manager and somebody who you know may not have a high school degree. You know, uh, we've had folks that were that were that were previously homeless. So you know, it's really from all all over the place. Uh, we do filter for um, the skills that I mentioned, and, and and we are very selective, right? So we do we have an acceptance rate of about two two percent. So so it is a very selective course, but um, but but we do try to make it accessible to anybody who really wants to put in the time and and uh, learn the material. That's that's really interesting. Um, you sort of alluded to it, but I'd love to hear a little bit more. What what was it that you saw in the market, or what was it that you made that made you think that not only the the way the program is structured, but also like what made you think that this was a, a business you wanted to be a part of? Sure, yeah. So it 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 was really the the the, the idea that that short immersive education could have a transformative um, kind of impact on somebody's life, right? Uh, so so it was that plus the fact that the tuition model would open up education to a whole new category of folks that that. Um, Really, really have a lot of untapped potential, but just aren't able to, um, you know, uh, have have somebody take that chance on them. So, so we thought, hey, maybe we can step in and and take that chance on these folks. They have a lot of potential. They just don't have the money, or they they don't want to take on more debt on top of the existing debt that they have. So, um, it was really that 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 um, kind of opportunity to to have that kind of pivotal influence on somebody's life that that really got uh, myself and my co-founder really excited about jumping in. Kush Patel, it's nice to talk to you. Thank you. But before you think about quitting your desk job and enrolling in a coding boot camp, one researcher has some advice about the volatility of science and engineering jobs. I spoke with Michael Teitelbaum. He's a senior research associate at the Labor and Work Life Program at Harvard Law School. And he studies, among other things, trends in the science and engineering workforce. 
The conventional wisdom is um, that employers find it very difficult to hire uh, qualified, skilled professionals in science and engineering uh, and are desperately looking uh, to hire people um, and need to have access to a global labor market. But Teitelbaum says people looking to get into these fields should be mindful of the cyclical nature of tech and what that could mean for available jobs. These fields are very dynamic. They change rapidly. And they are subject to disruptions from international and domestic political and economic forces that uh, can happen So I think people have to do their homework and look at the particular field um, of science, technology, engineering that they're interested in, find data on wages, starting wages and uh, average uh, mid-career wages. To what extent has that field experienced um, rising demand or has it experienced booms and busts in which thousands of mid-career professionals are laid off and and find their careers ended by such mass layoffs. They should do their homework and not take the generalization that anything in science, engineering, and technology is going to offer an attractive, stable, and lucrative professional career. The second thing I'd suggest is to um, not be too narrow in what they're looking at, to look broad, more broadly across a range of occupations and industries and employer categories so that if things go south in one area, they might be able to find a more attractive career path in another area mm-hmm. for which their expertise would be useful. Be a bit more nimble. Be more nimble. Nimble, nimble is a great word in this area. <laughs> These are dynamic, rapidly changing fields, and being nimble is a critical skill, it seems to me, for anybody who is in them. Thank you, Michael. This has been really helpful. Career Changers was presented by me, Amy Keene, with helpful guidance from Emma Jacobs and production assistance from Patricia Nelson. Many thanks for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.